Moguls with Attitude is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know that Steve Miller's The Joker was written about his pet armadillo Maurice? And that, in fact, the word pompatus is an anagram for armadillo. (laughs) (laughs) I did not know that. But for more interesting armadillo-related facts like that and to unlock bonus content, check us out at patreon.com slash armadillo podcasting club. And welcome to Muggles with Attitude. We are reading the Harry Potter series of books by J.K. Rowling. Today we are starting on Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, the second book in the Harry Potter series, chapters one through five. I'm Alice Sullivan. I'm Mike Sparkman. And I'm Jeff Lake. So pull up a chair, grab a nice tall glass of butterbeer, and join us on our adventures. Previously, Harry is physically and psychologically abused for a decade before being abducted by a cult of child stalkers who worship him as their savior. Harry develops a Stockholm-esque attachment to the cult leader, Dumbledores. Harry discovers he's got famous parents and a trust fund, so the rules don't apply to him. So he joins the local sports ball team as a first year, jaunts around the school at night with a super rare and valuable invisibility cloak, and murders a professor. He's then lauded for it in front of the entire school. Did he murder that guy? He did, remember? He totally did. Remember, he killed him with his burning hands. Oh, yeah, he did. Oh, he, he finds out his hands burn him, so he shoves them in his face, <laughs> and he dies. I mean, to be fair, Quirrell did have Lord Voldemort in the back of his head. I mean, yeah, but like, Quirrell died, not Voldemort. You know, I'm Harry sure killed, as an 11-year-old, he's more than capable of dealing with those complicated emotions. I mean, I think I think right now he's just not thinking about it, which, you know, I mean, that's how he's getting through most of the stuff, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, let's uh, start by judging this book the way you always should. It's cover. Oh, that's right. <laughs> a joke borrowed from Jeff many, many times. <laughs> so uh, it looks like this in this version, Harry Potter's changed his iconic haircut. You know, normally he's got kind of the bowl thing going, but here he's going for something a little cooler, maybe like some spikes. Mm-hmm, got mm-hmm. some hair spikes going here. Yeah. Um, Isn't that just because of the wind of... Well, I mean, you also also have to keep in mind that he has that sweet scar, so if he wants to show it off, he's got to, like, keep the bangs off his face. Yeah, he's always finding reasons to slick his hair back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think think that in this book, from what I can tell, he's embracing his scar and, like, really, like, pushing his hair back a little bit, you know? I would. If I had a scar like that, it's awesome. I also want to point out he's wearing this cape here, so does that mean that Harry Potter's, like, that kind of awkward kid who wears a cape to school every day? Because, you know, I mean, that totally would have been me. Aww. (laughs) I mean, it's kind of... I'm just... Like, looking back now, I'd be a little mortified, but I wonder if, like, he's just wearing a cape and sword every every day to school. I've never known anybody at any stage of life that wore a cape. I mean, I've got a, I've got a baby boy, and there's some pretty sweet, like, outfits out there that oh, have It doesn't attached. count if you're, the <laughs> forces beyond your control force you to wear a cape. <laughs> you mean the parents? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the it man. Still, still counts. The system. Anyway, so this originally came out in 1998. I was a child of 14. 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I was a child of... Also 14. Also 14. <laughs> and Jeff was like 33. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> I remember like the Berlin Wall. <laughs> 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 okay, so chapter one, the worst birthday. Uh, and Harry's back at number four, Privet Drive, and it's really sad. This is kind of a creepy picture of Harry. Like he looks almost like a doll of himself. Yeah, he's kind of sitting on a bench there, and there's a bush with some eyes looking out. It is a little creepy. I think it's something about the way he's just, like, staring straight off into space and just sitting there, you know? It's like, like either he's a ventriloquist dummy or somebody who's, like, been through a terrible trauma. <laughs> well, well, yeah. He has. <laughs> That's <laughs> a, a lifetime of it. Well, also, she drew him as having, like, minion eyes, where it's just two enormous circles with a dot, because he's got the glasses. Yeah, true. So he looks a little weird. I'm surprised they let him come back to this house. Uh, Don't I they, think that, isn't there sure. like a like a duty to report child abuse or something at Hogwarts? Not in the Wizard faculty? World. No, the Wizard World doesn't care about child abuse. Remember, in the first book, they had all kind. They they sent the, some kids off into the like the murderous forest detention. Yes, they did. That's true. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's they're not super concerned with child welfare. <laughs> they're all like hardships when you're a child make you a great wizard. This is awesome. That's why he's such a hero. I mean, Dumbledore's a great wizard. You know what his childhood was like. I don't know what his childhood was no. like. It was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> was it? 
probably. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I don't know. He's really old, so it probably was terrible. Yeah. Old things are terrible. That's right. Sorry, Jeff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Understood. So Harry's at home, and the Dursleys still suck. It's his 12th birthday. Yep. Yeah. And nobody remembers. Nobody remembers. We get some good exposition here to remind us about what the world of magic is like, which is nice. Yeah, a lot of recap stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's okay. It's only a few pages. You know, like, I understand that the Dursleys are supposed to be, like, jerks and stuff for for being, you know, a little funny about Harry, but, how, like, to be fair, as far as I know, Harry is now, like, a wizard, right? So it's like living with a kid under your roof who has, like, shotguns for hands. Like, he's probably <laughs> not going to do anything about it, but, like, if he accidentally shoots off his yeah. shotgun hand, somebody could die, right? More so. than that, he threatens to do that all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, like, you can't blame them for being a little on edge, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, still, I it, it, it bothers me more than it did when I read these when I was younger. I guess because I'm a parent now, it really does bother me how cruel they are to him. But we do actually have a really funny scene because um, his aunt and uncle are getting ready. They're going to have a... Some, uh, somebody come to their home and the Uncle Vernon is hoping that he can get a contract with this, but get this guy's contract so he can make a whole lot of money. And they're kind of, it, this is really funny to me because they're talking about how they're going to kind of choreograph the evening and they turn to Harry and he keeps saying, I'll be in my bedroom making no noise and pretending I'm not there. They're kind of play acting this, this important meeting, this mm-hmm. little dinner party that they're having. Which I think is meant to be kind of pathetic, because he's trying to sell drills to this guy. Yeah. But yeah, he's like, and Dudley's going to take his coat, and he practices, may I take your arm, Mrs. Mason, or whatever her name is. And my favorite part is he says, we had to write an essay about our hero at school, Mr. Mason, and I wrote about you. (laughs) (laughs) And it's it's too much for his parents, and they start crying, and Harry's laughing. Not because this is like... really dumb thing to say. Oh, yes. They're crying because they're so overcome with emotion at how wise that is or something. It's, uh-huh. it's crazy. Yeah. It was funny to me. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty ridiculous. These people are cartoons. Yeah. yeah, they are. That is true. It's Yeah, they're, they're definitely caricatures. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I don't think anybody is that overtly evil, even though that's kind of a thing with uh, British children's literature. A lot of times there will be the adults who are just really nasty and evil. I know I've said it before, but this is very Rolled Doll-esque to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I would say that's true. Mm-hmm. Yes, I guess sort of like a child's perspective mm-hmm. on their mean old parents who uh, lock them in their room for days on end. <laughs> exactly, and starve them. But uh, anyway, Harry's outside and Singing there's a... happy birthday to himself. Sadly. I know, making it as sad <laughs> as possible. Happy birthday to me. Yeah. I mean, oh. he's, he's never celebrated his birthday ever, right? Why would he be no. having this? They do yeah, celebrate his birthday. Didn't they give him like an old sock once or something? Like something a, like they that, They give him yeah. something every year, just like usually something really crappy. So why would he care about his birthday? Because it's his birthday. But that's mean, that's something you learn as you grow up because people treat your birthday as a big deal. I mean, everyone around him gets their birthdays treated like a big deal. This this is going to be a recurring theme because I wonder how Harry is able to form relationships with other people since he's been so severely abused up until the time he was eleven. Oh, magic! <laughs> <laughs> the friendship magic. The friendship, the kind of magic, the the crappy kind of magic. <laughs> Anyway, he sees he's outside and he sees some mysterious eyes in the hedge, but then they disappear. Creepy, and he's and he's thinking to himself about he's thinking to himself about Draco Malfoy, saying that Draco Malfoy is his arch enemy, and I'm like, is is he a little young to be having an arch enemy? Like he's twelve. I had he's an arch enemy when I was twelve. Whoa. Did you? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Was it me? I didn't know you when I was twelve. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, I didn't know you when I was told. No, we didn't meet till we were fourteen. Yeah, that's right. So yeah. not arch, not arch enemies until like at least like six months after that. Yeah, right. Something <laughs> around. So there. who was your arch enemy? I, I'm not going to name them. Name names. They're Facebook friends now. Say a name that rem- that rhymes with both their first name and their last name. <laughs> <laughs> or you can just no. switch the first last the first letter of their last name and the last name of their first name. No. Okay. Did, did the first letter of the name come before J or after J? Oh my god. <laughs> That's it. We're not talking about this anymore. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I had an arch enemy. Y'all didn't have that? No, I don't, no. I don't think so. No? He's no. 12. How could a 12-year-old 
he said, looking at Alice, <laughs> have an arch enemy. They don't have enough life to have crossed anybody. <laughs> no, you can hate people, even when you don't know a lot. <laughs> I guess that's true. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Harry goes back inside, and they're warning him that he better be good and stay in his room and be completely silent. Wait, well, there's, like, the whole thing where Dudley, like, harasses him. Well, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, gives him a hard time, talks about how he doesn't have any friends and stuff, and Harry, of course, takes an opportunity to, like... Threaten him with, with magic. Threaten him with magic. Yeah. yeah. And I think he like I think he says some racial slurs or something. I'm not sure what these words are. I don't want to repeat them, but it looks like racist stuff. Squiggly wiggly. <laughs> whoa, 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 John. Whoa. We're, 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 we're trying to run a nice clean podcast, podcast here. <laughs> yeah. uh, what happened to Dudley's tail? They had to get it removed surgically. Yep. That's so, actually... They mentioned that at the end Yeah, of they it. said they were going to do that, but did that happen? Uh-huh. I mean, it had to have. Does he have like a sore spot where his tail used to be? I'm well, imagining they... It's been a changed. year since then. And I imagine they went back and they did something with his memory, right? Did they? I don't know. Like, that's a whole thing. They've got a whole department of in the Depart- Ministry of Magic. They've got a whole department that goes around, and if non-magic people see wizardy stuff, they get rid of their memory of it. Mm, like the men in black with their little mind eraser. Wow. Yeah. That's messed up. Yeah. yeah. So they, they, like, defiled his body and his mind. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean... As, as defiled as it was already, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Because he's so fat. <laughs> and so dumb, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, Harry, uh, you know, he chases him around a little bit. And then Aunt Petunia, like, I guess tries to brain him with a frying pan, which I'm pretty sure would have killed him, right? Probably. Maybe. Yeah. So, yeah. like, she's going in for, for murder. Yeah. yeah. I mean, would she? Does, any, does the government even know that... Harry lives here? That's a great question. I mean, like, he's enrolled in school, I think. Yeah, he was, yeah. But not last year. And, I mean, did they ever do, like, the paperwork to become his legal guardians? They, he, they just found him on the doorstep, so probably not. Right, yeah. Asking the real questions. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he goes upstairs and, ah, there's a house elf on his bed. Chapter 2, Dobby's Warning, with a picture of Dobby. So this guy's a house elf? Uh-huh. Yes. Is, is that to be compared with a field elf? Yeah. It, I mean, there are there's, field there's elves, no, but... There are no field elves, but, I mean, house elves are definitely there, slaves. There's another house elf later that talks like um, one of the characters from Gone with the Wind. The, like, little girl, the piccaninny girl. Piccaninny. Like, I sure do know really? oh bur- no birthing no babies. Gosh. Yeah, really? the girl when Winky talks like that oh, to me. Okay. Yeah. I don't remember that. Yeah, she received, J.K. Rowling received a certain amount of flack for that, and I don't think it was. I would give her, I'm going to give her flack right worthy. now on this podcast about that. That's not okay. We haven't <laughs> yeah. met Winky yet, but like, I don't remember her. Well, we'll see. Yeah. yeah, she does. She talks in a way that I find disturbing. Anyway, um, yeah, so Dobby warns him that he should not go back to Hogwarts. Well, I mean, like, he shows up in his room, right? So this is like, I mean, this is pretty awkward, but I suppose it's kind of inevitable for a person like Harry, but. He has his first creepy fan who shows up wearing only a pillowcase. <laughs> I nice. Mean, we've all been there, but you know, just saying. Oh boy, since we started these podcasts. <laughs> People showing up wearing various like housewares. <laughs> Not just pillowcases. I mean, yeah, if you're going to show up, comforters, king size, queen size, just volume. That's what we're looking for. <laughs> yeah, I had one person show up wearing only a lampshade. It was very unpleasant. <laughs> Probably very pokey. Yeah. I mean, that's like if you're looking straight down, it doesn't cover anything. Uh, no, <laughs> it's only if you turn sideways. Was it the narrow side in or the fat side in? It was the it was the narrow side in. <laughs> it was like Too many angles, man. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So Harry is trying to be quiet here because the Dursleys have basically told him, "We'll kill you if you're not quiet." Yeah, they totally have. But. Dobby shows up because nothing can go right for Harry. <laughs> Never. And every time Harry like asks him a question, Dobby screams and smashes his head against the wall. Which, once again, I think I, I think it, is it. I don't know if it's supposed to be funny, but it's definitely. I think she means for it to be just pathetic and not. I got the impre- a good feeling. I got the impression it was a little slapstick, honestly, but or maybe not. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard to tell. What do y'all think? Because do you think she's saying, "Oh, this is so terrible that he." Belongs, he's enslaved to this family where he has to pun- literally physically punish himself if he speaks bad about them? Uh, or is it supposed to be funny slapstick? I think it's supposed to be funny and pathetic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe a little bit of both. Yeah. Um, either way, this creature clearly does not have healthy emotional coping mechanisms. He's no. doing a little bit of face slamming. Yeah. yeah, and this creature has been stealing Harry's letters. 
Yeah. Harry's yeah. been sitting here moping all summer because nobody sent him any letters and nobody remembered his birthday. And it's because Dobby's been intercepting his mail. Yeah. Which Isn't is, that like a wizarding federal crime that's or something? That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Like, this is, this is definitely like, it's got to be illegal, right? But I, you know, screw Dobby. Like, this is, this is awful. Like, mm. he really ruined Harry's entire summer. It's a bad plan, too. I'm going to steal your letters so you think nobody loves you so you won't want to go back to Hogwarts. That doesn't right. seem like a solid plan to me. Yeah. And then go warn you that you can't go to Hogwarts and not tell you why. Yeah. yeah. It's funny because... The reason Dobby's doing this is because like, presumably he's afraid that Voldemort's going to come after Harry again. But let's let's think about this. Like he needs to have a chat with Dobby because basically Voldemort's come at him twice, and both times he got pot shotted. You know, so that's, <laughs> it's like trademark pot shot. He's Potter. Oh, uh, no, yeah. I didn't it's understand it until you explained it. Uh, yeah, maybe it's not. Maybe it's not that. Now good. I think it's like mildly funny. Pot, Potter shotted. <laughs> <laughs> but Potter shot her. It is a little funny though because he got a haircut, a haircut, a haircut. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Anyway. Uh, but anyway, he like people should be warning Voldemort not to go back to Hogwarts. They shouldn't be warning Harry. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Definitely, uh, Voldemort has a zero percent success rate here. No. Yep. Two out of two times. He's killed his parents. That's partial credit. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But not no no luck with Harry either time. And you know, first time he was a baby. Second time he was an eleven year old. I mean, like, it's not getting better for, for Voldemort, right? It's true. Yeah. It's only going to get stronger. But I did find this a little funny because Dobby will make a sound and Uncle Vernon will come up the stairs. And it seems like every time he comes up the stairs, he's he's just been saying something really racist. Like, he talks <laughs> yeah. about, like, you just ruined the punchline of my Japanese golfer joke. And I'm then... pretty sure I know what that joke is. And it is certainly not appropriate for children. <laughs> anyway... You know, I just feel like this whole conversation would go a lot uh, easier if Dobby would just be like come out right out with it. So, like, I wondered about to myself, like, there's a, a clear exchange rate right here. Like, how much hurt do you have to do? Just like tell me what the fuck is going on, right? Because like maybe we just save ourselves some time. Like, go run your nuts over the car <laughs> and then tell me what's going. Do your house elves have nuts? That's a great question. I wouldn't know because of that pillowcase. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, just like slam your elf balls in a car door and then tell me what the fuck is going on. And then we just like call it a night, you know? <laughs> wait, wait, how would that help? Because he has to hurt himself in order to like give Harry Potter information. It's like that's the deal. Oh, yeah. I so pick up on that. Yeah, he'll say something and then he'll punish himself because he wasn't supposed to say anything. Oh, I thought he was, yeah, he's punishing himself after he did the thing. Yeah. Yeah, so like just tell me what the fuck's going on, slam your balls in a car door, and then we'll... We'll be done with it. Night. Yeah, we'll be done with it. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. I wonder why Dobby did not think of that. Yeah, this, this this Dobby thing I found, frankly, pretty creepy. This, like, magical slave that has been messing with Harry and is lying to him, maybe, or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people who really love Dobby's story, and I have never been particularly moved by it at all. How selves like to be slaves is kind of like the idea, I yeah, guess. Yeah, they like they're, to work. It makes them happy. Much better off here than in their homeland. That's Do house elves have a homeland? I wonder. They've gotta be, right? They they qualify them as house elves, so they have to be non-house elves. Mm. Just regular elves? Are there regular elves? Maybe not anymore. I mean, aren't goblins <laughs> a type of elf? In the Harry Potter universe or in the real world? <laughs> <laughs> In fairy lore, I, I, I mean, no. sort of. No, they're they're like the same kind of thing, but they're not like subclasses of each other. Uh. Yeah, they're just like fairy folk. Yeah, mystical things that exist out there. But sure, the actual meaning varies a lot. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Dobby set Dobby runs downstairs and just destroys Aunt Petunia's dessert. Just throws it all over the floor. Yeah, uses magic to splash yeah. it all over the floor and all over Harry. Mm-hmm. And yeah, basically frames him for it. and For the purpose of getting him in trouble so he can't go back to Hogwarts. Correct. Yes. It's a little convoluted. But I mean, like as bad as things are before, this is like so much worse. Mm-hmm. He basically becomes a prisoner, like a, diff- like a yeah, real prisoner. What happens is the, the magic that Dobby used gets detected so Harry gets a letter from the Ministry of Magic saying, you're not allowed to do that. And Uncle Vernon reads it. And so. Uncle Vernon reads it, say, and now they know that Harry can't blast him with his shotgun fingers. Yeah, right. <laughs> that was literally his one leverage. Of, yeah, his one piece of leverage he had and not anymore. Yeah. But it, it ruins the whole uh, 
dinner party. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, the owl comes in. <laughs> and apparently, his, his wife has an irrational fear of owls. Yeah. Yeah. The that's business bad. guy. Mm. Yeah. Maybe she Four got attacked by an owl when she was little. That's, yeah, that's oddly specific. Yeah. I mean, people have weird phobias. Allophobia. That's what it's called. There's got to be a name. I'm sure there's a, there's a scientific name for it. Allophobia. But I still don't understand why when Uncle Vernon has to decide between the lesser of two evils, he would rather keep Harry at home and punish him and have him expelled from Hogwarts rather than letting him just go away for forever. Well, this is, this is my theory. Uh, from last season, which is that they see these wizard people as a creepy cult. Mm-hmm. And they don't like Harry, but they're trying to keep him from being inducted into this creepy cult that won't leave him alone. I mean, even if you don't think of it as a creepy cult, even if you think of it as something that gives Harry additional power, they wouldn't want that, right? Like, Yeah. So for, for as far as they're concerned, the best possible outcome is that he stays a normie, unable to cast magic. And just like lives in his room, like quietly, right? Mm-hmm. So if he gets expelled, their problems are solved as far as they're concerned. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. But yeah, they lock him in his room, and it's it's grim. They he's locked in there. They put bars on the window. Uh, they put a cat flap in his door, and so Aunt Petunia will throw in some like cold soup three times a day. <laughs> yeah, they it's, barely feed him. Yeah, he's it's like sad. on the verge of starvation. It sounds like. Yeah, it is. It's really really grim. Um, but then what, late one night he wakes up and he looks out the window and there's Ron Weasley. Yay. Yay. On to the rescue. Chapter three, rescue the Ron. burrow with an awesome picture of a sweet flying car in front of the moon. Yeah. That's a pretty sweet car. I yeah. I a flying car. Yeah. So Ron's there with a flying car with Fred and George. Yeah. Yeah. They're my favorites. They're pretty great. Fred and George, yeah, I think they're my favorite too, <laughs> and they they continue to be pretty great throughout the series. They are pretty awesome. Yeah, this they got this flying car which they stole from their dad. Yeah, sure, yeah. why not <laughs> flying car? Sure, I mean that's a thing like teenagers do, right? You know, you Steal borrow cars? your parents borrow oh. borrow your parents' car without permission. Oh, go okay. for a joyride. You know, I did never I did never do that, but I was like a. You know, kind of a boring kid, I guess. Yeah, I didn't do that. I played a lot of Grand Theft Auto, though, so it probably gets up. Yeah, (laughs) close enough. Oh my gosh, if there's a Grand Theft Auto in the Wizard World, that'd be pretty. There's no cars in the Wizard World. Ugh. Yeah, that's a good point. Way to ruin everything. You would just be stealing brooms. I'm a professional game developer. I'm very good at ruining people's. Aw, Grand Theft Broomstick, then. Mm, Right. Yeah. Yeah. Elbow them in the face, yeah. knock their teeth out, take the broom. Yes, exactly. Just like that. But yeah, like, you know, apparently Ron's got some connections in the government and Fred and George help him, like, steal this fucking awesome flying car. Yeah. Fred and George are MVP, you know? They totally are. And they, they get the bars off the windows and they're sneaking him out. They got all his stuff. But yeah, they, they picked the lock. They picked is, the lock. This, yeah. This is great. Okay, this is... Two data points that these people are really good at breaking and entering. <laughs> right? Yeah. That's a good point. Stealing the car, that's one thing. But picking the lock, I have questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> people are like, you know, a lot of people think this is a waste of time, but we like learning about, you know, cat burglary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, do they steal the car to rob people? Is that where their dad gets his muggle artifacts? That's, I don't know. <laughs> anyway. But it's interesting that Vernon tries to stop them from leaving because I really do think, like, if Harry runs away, isn't that just, like, the best possible outcome for, like, even yeah, better, right? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Like, Not if you see the wizard world as a creepy cult and you want to keep him away from it. Yeah, I guess. I don't get the impression that he's that concerned with Harry's safety. Uh, like, after being locked in a room starving him. It's the only interpretation that makes sense to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's that they are so terrified of they themselves being associated with with anything magic whatsoever that they don't want him to be learning any more magic. Hmm. But yeah, so unfortunately, Hedwig is makes a whole bunch of brouhaha and wakes up Uncle Vernon. But luckily, Harry is able to escape. Yay! Yay! Good job, Harry. And they fly the car to Ottery Saint um, Catchpole. <laughs> and I was interested about that because that's such an unusual name for a village that I looked it up. And in Devon, which is near Exeter, which which is where J.K. Rowling went to school, there's a very small town called Ottery St. Mary. Mm-hmm. It's called Ottery after the Ottery River, which has 
otters. otters. Yeah. <laughs> <But> <laughs> the river's just ottery with otters. <laughs> it's a really, really, <laughs> really small small village um but it's really old it was even in, mentioned in the domesday book which is super cool but one of the interesting things about ottery saint mary is every year they have a pixie day celebration where it's a whole day because like a long long time ago there were church bells like this actually happened in history there were church bells that were brought from wales by priests to ottery saint mary and there's this whole lore about how these pixies heard that the church bells were coming, and apparently church bells are not good for pixies. It's like what you use, you ring them to scare pixies away, so the pixies mm. like tried to capture the church bells. But anyway, every year in this town, still, they in Ottery St. Mary, they have this Pixie Day celebration, oh, which made wow. me really happy. That's nice. Yeah, because England is just adorable, <laughs> <laughs> apparently. So they, they speculate that Dobby was sent by the Malfoys. That he's mm-hmm. their house elf. Yeah, and and that that it makes sense because apparently the Malfoys are really like down with Voldemort. They're like, yeah, I'm surprised that they can they weren't like purged by by Dumbledore. Yeah, apparently they came out and said, oh, we never meant anything after all. You know, it's they like, must have had a lot of political clout to prevent them. You know, <laughs> well, money, crimes, which is you know the same as political punished. clout some places. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's in these. These type of power struggles, generally what happens is the supporters are all purged and the money becomes the property of the winner. Oh, that's a good So point. having a lot of money makes you more likely to get purged. Interesting. Mm. If you don't have anything, then they don't care. Yeah. yeah. So in this, in this particular instance, that's uh, not what happened. Mal- Malfoys are still around. Yeah. All their well- wizard wealth. Mm-hmm. They claimed that they were like under an imperious curse or something with yeah. Dumbledore, uh, Voldemort, and they totally didn't mean it. Yeah. Sure. But yeah, so that's a that's a good theory. We don't know. But uh, anyway, they finally land at the burrow, which is Ron and Fred and George's home. And there's Ms. Weasley. Oh, we also I want to sorry before we talk about that, I do want to point something out. So they talk a little bit about like what uh, what Mr. Weasley does for a living. He works for the Ministry of Magic in the Misuse of Muggle Artifacts Office, mm-hmm. uh, which is basically like looking out for people who enchant. Muggle-made things, right? Right. Which just, like, so Mr. Weasley enchants Muggle-made things, right? So isn't uh-huh. this a little bit like having a DEA agent who, like, collects cocaine? I mean... Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's exactly like, what it's like. like. Yeah. He's like, this is like, he's like a dirty cop. Well, he's, like, trying to find <laughs> loopholes. He's like, well, just because I, you know, I designed a car that can fly, but if it's not actually flying, it's okay. I yeah. don't know. There's something really shady about this, because they mentioned at one point that he wrote the law in which he is finding loopholes. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so he could do what he's doing. Yeah, like, what? Like, <laughs> this is so, this is such self-dealing. Yeah, this is, like, who polices the police in the wizarding world? Apparently yeah, this nobody. Is, seems to be massive corruption. Yeah. I don't understand what public good is served by preventing these magical artifacts. I, I think one of the ideas that a lot of times wizards do uh, malicious things. Like these are these are things that are enchanted as like traps or like you know just to mess with them. Yeah. Sure, if that was what if that was all they covered, it would make sense. But you know, a flying car would be great for medevac, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Well, there's a lot of stuff that remember they, they don't want most stuff that the wizard world exists because they don't want to be bothered. Yeah, that is true. Wouldn't yeah. it be terrible if they had to like go cure cancer all the time? Man, that would be such a hassle. It would be so boring. The, yeah. the, the only excuse I have is that these stories are being told from the perspective of a now 12-year-old. So they're not going to go into a lot of that. Yeah, I, You just I know kind they, of accept it and move on. They mention a little bit later that there are these wizard street vendors, uh-huh. which is a fine job if you know, you're a normal street vendor, but if you're a wizard, that's a really crappy job. Why don't they go be doctors and cure cancer and be wealthy, you know? Because they're evil. <laughs> Good people do well. Bad people do bad, Jeff. Mm, yes. Yeah. It's the way it works in the Harry Potter world. Yeah. But, you know, you had mentioned that now they're at the, the house, at the mm-hmm. borough, and I think Mrs. Weasley is the best. Like She is. She gives Mr. Salvier a run for her money as, like, best hostess ever, you know? She is a great hostess. She's a she's an awesome mom. I love it. I love how she's this tiny little red-headed woman, but her all of her sons are completely under her thumb, but yeah. not in a bad way. No, no. She, 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 like... She runs that house. She's the mom. Yeah, and she's, she's like, very loving and, like, at the same time, like, kind of keeping, keeping all the... She's, like, keeps the machine running, which is... Seems like it's a handful with all these... Uh, with people like Fred and George there. 
I have to admit I had a bit of a moment because we know that this family is not well off and I was having to fight the, well, maybe you shouldn't have had so many kids. <laughs> I was about to say that we know she likes to get down. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like, is there religion in the Wizarding World? Might she be Catholic? I don't know. No. There's no, like, Catholicism in the Wizarding World? I doubt it. Yeah, this house is really cool. I think it's it paints a really cool contrast with the house that Harry just came from. Like, shitty abuse house where they've got one kid and they spoil them and they're awful all the time to everybody. Uh, and these people have lots and lots of kids and the, the house is just sort of super chaotic but full of love. And, yeah. and it's got all sorts of magic stuff like the mirror that insults people and the clock that insults people and the ghoul <laughs> that insults people. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I would definitely live here. I think it'd be like a, a like a kick to live in a place like this. I loved it. I love the description of just all the little things that were a part of it. They talk about like the titles of books that are right there, and he hears the magic on the radio. Oh. And but I think you're right. I think it's a really cool, a really nicely written contrast with what he had just come from. Yeah. And where he is now. I think it would be a little bit more effective if the Dursleys were more believable as characters. Sure. Yeah. But they're just. It, yeah, they don't. They don't really make any kind of logical sense. They're just awful in every way they can be awful, even ways that contradict each other. Yes, I agree. Yeah, and poor Ginny, you know, like she comes downstairs to find like a celebrity in her kitchen. Yeah, come on, the, her literal bros could have given her heads up, right? Like, like if if this were me, right? And I'm like, because I walk around my house with no pants on. Like, I prefer to, right? Yeah, I do too. If I like, if I walk into the living room and it's like Neil deGrasse Tyson's there and I'm not wearing pants, I'll be like. What is going on here? You know, like that—that that would be. Put a book in front of you. <laughs> I would put yeah an astronomy book in front of my it'd genitals. Probably be like, then, excuse me. It's sorry. like in the like in a fish called Wanda, where it's like astronomy book with his picture on it. And he's like, what? And you like turn it inwards, and he's like, what? And he's like, exactly. Just like that. So it's feeling a little bit Virginia here. Someone could have given her heads up. Yeah. yeah. But I guess I mean, she has to have had a bit of a rough and tumble life with like. 17 older brothers, right? <laughs> yeah, true. she's the only girl. Yeah. That is true. She does okay. Yeah. And they, they get assigned some, like, some denoming labor, which actually sounds like fun to me. It, it was really funny. <laughs> and the me. Wizard World chores are fun. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't mind doing a little bit of uh, denoming. Right, I know. And, like, when they're back at school and they're complaining about how much homework they have, I'm just like, bitch, I'll do your magic homework. Like, <laughs> stop complaining. Ugh. Do that. I have to make all these magic potions. Yeah, right? <laughs> Ugh, I have to turn these things into, like, gold or something. <laughs> uh-huh. I have to learn how to bend magic to my will. Da-da-da. Boring. I know. Yeah, I like Lame. the gnomes. And the gnomes just, are funny. They have to spin the gnomes in a circle and throw them. Yeah. That's how you get rid of the gnomes. And then uh-huh. they're like, well, they'll be back in about an hour anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like this. And then later Harry looks out the window and he sees a little line of them sneaking back in. Yeah, that's pretty great. <laughs> it's pretty adorable. Uh, Mr. Mr. Weasley is also pretty great though like once he shows up I mean I know he's a dirty cop and all but he seems really nice mm-hmm. and his like his fascination with our, with muggle stuff yeah cracks me up why is it so hard for him to find out about muggle things it's just They're, like Wikipedia existed at this time they don't have they computers don't have, yeah they don't have electricity why not because magic messes with electricity well he could go to an internet cafe <laughs> He, no, it would stop working because he's magic. Really? Is he just walks in? He's like electro. I yeah. don't think that's. I don't know. Right. I'm just making yeah. that up. Okay. <laughs> but they, but the wizards never learn how to do that stuff. Can he I mean, read? Like, or do all their books talk to them? <laughs> no, the, of course they can read. Jack. They can't read because they're they're audio, like they can't do listen to audiobooks, right? Because <laughs> no, ma- no, no magic, no electricity. Wait, how does a wizard's radio work? I wonder. It's Radio waves aren't like, the same thing as electricity. It's probably a little slave elf inside it that imitates people's voices. It's <laughs> oh, oh. so sad. It's probably true, though. Yeah. That's how all their magic works. <laughs> it's really sad. Yeah. But yeah, I'm with, I'm with Harry. I, I fucking love the borough. I want to live there. Like... Whenever they describe this, I'm just like, this This would be the best place to live. And it's a little it's a little tug of the heartstrings because Ron is very anxious for Harry to see his place because it's... He's self-conscious it's old. about yeah, it. He's yeah, he's self-conscious. It's old and kind of beat down and there's a ton of kids around. But Harry says, this is the best house I've ever been in. It's just, aw. Yeah, I mean... Totally. Come on, Ron. You literally just broke him out of a horrible prison. Yeah. Right? Anybody makes the point that like even his room at the Dursleys is like huge compared to where Ron lives, you know? Mm-hmm. But, yeah. You're right. I mean, like, obviously Harry's seeing the, the value of the other things that they have. Yeah. yeah. The, his father, Ron's father, 
does mention that one of the reasons they have to prevent these artifacts from getting to muggles is because wizards go muggle baiting. Yes. Yeah, which is kind of what we mentioned, like malicious things, like doing setting yeah. muggle traps. So n- the only time wizards interact with muggles is to do mean things to them? That's why the ministry's there to prevent it, I guess? That's awful. It's uh-huh. only a few of them. I mean, we don't have police because well, people yeah, but, do good things. But, I mean, but there aren't any wizards out there doing good things. I'm sure some of them are very nice people, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> But you gotta be careful. If you do too much muggle baiting, you go blind. <laughs> Grow hair on your palms. <laughs> Chapter four at Flourish and Blots with the picture of a very toothy wizard holding a book with his picture on it. It's kind of a nightmare creature. Look at that. It is a little horrifying, isn't it? Those eyes, those teeth. He looks like he wants to eat you. Yeah. But Harry's having a really, really good time hanging out with the, with the Weasleys. And they get their letters from school, and it's time to go shopping in London. Yay, shopping. Yay. Yeah, their, their, uh, their book list seems a little bit uh, slanted towards a particular author for some reason. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. This Gilderoy Lockhart. I just love that name. That's so good. J.K. Rowling is so good at names. <laughs> Gilderoy Lockhart. Yeah, I was thinking about it, because gilded things, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. He's definitely kind of a... A gilded sort of fella. Yeah, and we'll we'll see this more when we watch the movies. But the I think that the casting that they do for Gilderoy Lockhart in the movies is perfect. It's Kenneth Branagh, and he just plays the part beautifully. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I, I I don't think I've well. I mean, we'll talk about it. I don't think I've seen this movie since it first came out. Oh yeah. Yeah, so I'm excited to rewatch it. Yeah. And Ginny, I think, has a little bit of a crush on Harry. Oh, totally. It's pretty cute. Yeah. It's because he does murders. Yeah, Ladies so good at does murders. <laughs> I don't know anything about him except he burned that guy with his hands. <laughs> I don't know. It just like makes my my heart a flutter when I think of him burning that guy's face off. <laughs> uh, you know, I thought it was cute. Ginny being all shy around Harry. Yeah, I remember I used to get crushes on my big brother's friends who we brought around. Yeah, yeah. What were their names? I'm not telling you. First and last. Yeah. <laughs> tell us something that rhymes with their first name and something that rhymes with their last name. It's the same as my arch enemy. Yeah. So this is something that I, I don't know if it's just the books or if it's just like a, a British thing, but like everyone's like, they're really big into letter writing. We don't really do that, right? But like everyone's writing letters, like writing letters to Hagrid, writing letters to, like, each other over the summer. Is that, like, a thing? That's was... the only way they have to communicate. I'd say their letters are delivered almost instantly, though, by magic owls. Mm-hmm. Well, they're, so they're, it's kind of like email. It's still more of a delay than text messaging. I mean, like, get these kids some cell phones, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Wizard they cell phones? They can't use cell phones. It would interfere with magic. Just use wizard cell phones, then. Now, wouldn't they have to use, like, landlines? I don't That's know. electricity. They don't have that either, yeah. Yeah, but if you have... I, I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you could probably build, like, a... A Fourier transform uh, that can decouple the wizard voice signal from the wizard interference signal, uh-huh. like they like to do with landlines. Yeah, probably. I mean, wizards wouldn't be able to figure that out, though. I mean, like we know that. But if they talk to muggles, maybe they could. They don't do that. Read a muggle book. It's interesting. <laughs> wizards, basically, wizards have have completely stagnated technologically because magic is like a super crutch, right? They have no need to develop technology as far as they're concerned. But there are technologies such as air conditioning that are superior in the muggle world. They don't know that. They they very rarely interact with muggles. Why didn't didn't Harry tell them? Besides, they're in England. They don't have air conditioning anyway. No, that's okay. Yeah, so that's true. Yeah. The English don't know about air conditioning. Not really. (laughs) Or deodorant. Stupid smelly English. No, I thought that was the French. And English. Oh. No, I don't know. Nah. They smell bad because of the bangers and mash. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so they're gonna so they're gonna travel to London and they use flu powder and I'm really embarrassed to say that it took me probably fifteen years before I realized that flu powder F L O O which they used to travel through um, the flu through chimneys yeah I didn't make the connection like a chimney uh, flu wait what did flu powder what did you think the word was supposed to mean I thought it was just a random word they were fluing flu. around F- no I didn't think anything of it it was just F L O O Flu powder. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's I don't amazing. have a fireplace. That's You're okay. right. These books are puzzles, Alice. <laughs> <laughs> this book has layers. Okay. <laughs> that you unravel slowly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This seems extremely dangerous. Yeah. It's it's like it's certainly efficient. Like it's probably the fastest form of travel that that we've ever encountered. You know. But like this is very dangerous and very like unpleasant. Really. Like 
even if you do it just right, your elbows bump into things and you like get dizzy and possibly throw up. I mean, like, right? Yeah, show up in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. And really wrong. you also have to step into a human-sized fire, mm-hmm. which seems like you know you get a little bit wrong. That's a problem. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so Harry does end up in the wrong place. He coughs when he's saying the name of Diagon Alley, and he ends up in a creepy, super creepy place in front of a wizard shop that has all kinds of evil-looking things in it. Because they were trying to go to Diagon Alley to do their shopping. Right. And he ends up not in Diagon Alley, near Diagon Alley. Diagon Alley adjacent. Yeah. And while he's hanging out in this wizard shop, who should pop in? His arch enemy. His arch enemy. Draco Malfoy. So, so of he, course, he goes and hides in a creepy horror cabinet, because that's what you do, I guess. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. And like, in the wizarding world, like, this is a bad idea. Like, I could, I, like, I could probably, I couldn't count on one hand how many evil things, like, there's disappearing cabinets, there's cabinets of spikes, there's cabinets that have, like, creatures inside of them. Like, there's a lot of ways this could go real bad in an evil wizard shop. Yeah. He kind of looks out. Yeah, he does luck out that nothing terrible happens to him in there, but luckily Malfoy is talking about Harry, coincidentally. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So it's because everybody everywhere is always talking about Harry. Yeah, that sounds about right. To be fair, what Malfoy is saying is kind of right. Like, everyone just like lets him do his thing because he's He's rich. got a point, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he does. Like, he's, he, oh, he's, he, he gets to be on the, the, the exception. He gets to be on the Quidditch team. It's like, yeah, he they did. They broke the rules for him. Yeah. yeah. You know, they, they bought a... Somebody, like, it was Dumbledore or somebody bought him a... It was McGonagall. McGonagall, McGonagall yeah. bought him a, a Quidditch thing? Yeah, one of the teachers bought him an incredibly expensive um, mm-hmm. broom. It, and he breaks room. all the rules, but that right. doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. So, he I mean, gets like, punished. I mean, like, Malfoy's not great, but he's kind of onto something. But he's, a, like, he's a little obsessive with Harry. It's a little weird. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's, his, kind of, he's kind of pretty dad, like, about it. You've been talking about Harry a lot this summer. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you read some of the fan fiction out there... <laughs> We call that slash fiction. Slash fiction? Yes. Yeah, there's a lot of Harry Potter slash fiction out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not that I've read any These of These kids are 12. Come on, people. For now. Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah, but it looks like Mr. Malfoy, Drago's father, is trying to sell a bunch of his evil dark wizard stuff. But they leave. There's I the- love this shop. Yeah, the shop's awesome. If I was a wizard, this, this shop was where I would hang out. There's mm-hmm. all kinds of fun stuff in here. They have the Hand of Glory, which is like a... Pretty fancy name for a glorified flashlight, but you know, still kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, that, that's yeah. right. The but it gives light only to the holder. But Hand of Glory? I mean, yeah, because that's a thing. That's a thing from... I mean, that's a thing. That's not just something she came up with. No, oh, okay. I vaguely remember that. Yeah, that's it? a, it's like a concept in wizard, uh, real world kind of dark magic lore. Mm-hmm. Oh. Hand of, it's like a hand of a corpse that, that you can do magic with. Yeah. Although really... The, the powers of a flashlight seem like a pretty underwhelming <laughs> ability, right? But if, ever, but if nobody else can see anything, and you're the only person who can see... Yeah, I mean, I, I, you get night probably, vision goggles at Target. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but, I, pro- sorry, I'm, <laughs> I probably wouldn't call it the Hand of Glory is all. You know, like, I feel like, like even the Hand yeah. of Glory is a thing, that's not the thing that you would use to call this thing that is a flashlight. Maybe like a glow finger or yeah. something. Glow, glow finger. finger. I like yeah. the, the necklace of opals. Yeah. That just, that the note just says, don't touch this. This killed a bunch of people. <laughs> yeah, it's killed 19 muggle owners today. <laughs> yeah, I like to think that they, uh, it kills them all in revolving doors. It just gets caught every time. Oh, <laughs> <Aww. laughs> that's... Ugh. There's a lot of revolving doors in, uh, in the muggle world. Yeah, it's well known. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In fact, I often say that to myself. <laughs> There's a lot of revolving doors here. That's the one thing about this world. <laughs> Lots of revolving doors. But anyway, the Malfoys leave, and Harry sneaks out of the shop. And the place outside of the shop is not much better than the place inside the shop. Yeah, it's <laughs> called Nocturne Alley. Which is a pretty cool name. I, you know, it's funny, because, like, I haven't read this book in a while, and I forgot that, like, it's a, it's kind of a pun. Like, I was like, Nocturne Alley, and I thought it was spelled Nocturne, like, N-O-C-T-U-R-N. And I was like... Whoa! Hmm. Yeah, like, this is the first time I've actually read it in years. So I was like, oh, hey... It's nocturne. You know? Like nocturnal. I did not. I didn't think that. Yeah, I mean, it was nocturne, like a Chopin nocturne. Yes, that's what I was thinking. Not yeah, nocturnally. But not anything to do with night. But, but you know, Diagon Alley is actually <laughs> diagonally, right? Yeah, I got that. Much. Okay, cool. Yeah, <laughs> but the nocturne, I did not think yeah. about the ho- ho- homonym. Yeah, is that what it is? Yeah, that I didn't think about that. Yeah, nocturnally. I just thought nocturne like hard knocks. Oh, and wrong yeah. turns. See, I, I was exactly the opposite. I thought it was with the, with the in, and so when I read this, I was like, oh, hey. Oh, all right. Fun. Good Just job, JK. Good job. Good job. 
I understood both meanings immediately. <laughs> we know you did. Yeah, but you're the smart one, Jeff. <laughs> you really are. You're the smart one. Mike is the pretty one. I'm... The oh, drummer. Yeah, I'm the drummer. <laughs> I'm Ringo. <laughs> Ringo. I helped. But luckily, he runs into Hagrid. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Hagrid is always around right when Harry needs rescuing. It's almost as if someone had set him to tailing Harry. Hmm. Maybe. But... We can also we also need to note that he's in an incredibly sketchy, dodgy place, and he's got kind of a weird explanation. He says he was looking for flesh-eating slug repellent because flesh-eating slugs are ruining the school cabbages. Don't okay. So yeah, sure. Oh, I thought it was slug repellent that eats flesh. That's what I was wondering. It's like, is this like the repellent eats the flesh of slugs, or is it oh, the slugs flesh eating? I thought these were slugs that ate flesh, except if they're eating cabbages. Then they're not flesh eating. Yeah. Well, maybe cabbages is just what he calls like the first year students. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like a prison oh, you thing, you know? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, get in there, you cabbages. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, we lost another class to those flesh eating slugs. <laughs> and the thing is, Send like... Hagrid down in Nocturne Alley. <laughs> in Hogwarts, like, that probably isn't that unheard of, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, we lost a class first year to, you know, yeah. some horrible... Demon creature. Yeah. Or, you know, the Forbidden Forest where we sent them. <laughs> right. Yeah. For detention. Yeah. Uh, but Hagrid leads them out and there's everybody, including Hermione. Party reunion party. Yeah. Ooh. And yeah. her parents are there. Yeah. Muggles. Yeah. Rangers. I mean, it makes sense to me that they would not be under the statute of secrecy because they have to know where their daughter is going, right? Do they? Well, I mean, don't, so. wizards don't seem to have a whole lot of those child protection like. Instincts. I assume they just wipe their memory as soon as they walk outside of the diagonal. Oh, <laughs> like you, you have no daughter. And they, they just think that they, what they, they lost a day. <laughs> yeah, they, they just, just wake up to... with their brains fried, drooling. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Where's our daughter? That probably happens a lot, right? <laughs> They're muggles. Uh, yeah, I, and Mr. Weasley is really interested in talking to the Grangers about all their muggle stuff. Yeah. Does he have, really have no access to other muggles? When would he? Yeah. He, well, these, he these, lives in a muggle city. Yeah, but he, he usually, whenever he's interacting with muggles, he usually has to wipe their memory for one reason or another, right? So, like, this. He these, go down the pub. He works in the Ministry of Magic and he lives outside of this village. And there's a, we don't know this yet, but there's a lot, there's a number of other wizarding families that live around there, so he never interacts with muggles. Mm. So, the, the, during this, this conversation, they talk a little bit about, like, the fact that uh, uh, so Harry mentions that he saw the Malfoys in this w- evil wizard shop, and uh, Mister Weasley mentions that he's been like looking for a way to like basically look to re- get Malfoy. Yeah, uh, but his his wife is like, "Be careful! They're they're powerful wizards." And it occurred to me like, how does wizard law enforcement work? Because there's like, if there, if every person can use magic, there's no correlation between like goodness and like power, right? So like you have an evil wizard like Voldemort, and you can't police that, right? So how do, how do police even work? Is it just like quantity? Is that how you deal with it? Like if you have this powerful wizarding family and they're like probably evil, but we can't go deal with them because they're too strong? I mean, like how does that work, I wonder? Mm-hmm. I guess, I know that they have and the horrors or whatever. That's how right? crime families work, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're, they just sort of, it's might makes right. You, you They have their own basically military forces. Yeah, I mean like we... If you ask the question of, like, how do you police powerful evil wizards, the answer is you don't, because Voldemort just proved that, right? Like, he finally went away, but, like, when Voldemort was around, they couldn't do anything about it. It's a good question, because uh, Lucius Malfoy knows that Arthur Weasley wants to get him. Yeah. Yeah. You know? they, they have a fist fight in the scene, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this is, it's all above board. It's not like he's hiding anything from Arthur Weasley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He just needs to prove something? Is there a wizard court? Yeah, there are wizard courts, and there are like there's like a whole wizard government. So if there's a wizard court, there's got to be some kind of wizard enforcement agency, right? There is law enforcement, yes. Yeah, the aurors. We find out a little bit about them later, but But they could just have guns, right? Wizard guns? No, just guns. Just guns. Gun guns. It's true. Magic guns. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so they finally end up at Flourish and Blots, which I love. It's the the bookstore. Wait, is that a? Oh, that's, that's a pun, isn't it? Like a flourish and a plot? Yeah, oh, like ink. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And Gilderoy Lockhart himself is there, signing books. And, and Harry misses no opportunity to leverage his fame. 
<laughs> to get free stuff. You know? I don't yeah. think that's what happens. He, he makes sure to stand at a point where the people in the line can see who he is. <clears throat> oh, oh, sir. Oh, excuse we're so me. sorry. Oh, excuse me. Just like, oh, I got a. Oh, my scar is really <laughs> hurting me right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Harry oh, Potter. Oh, hey, me. yeah. It's me. It's me, Harry Potter. Oh, I thought you were talking to me, Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> Aww. <laughs> no, and he, and he that's not what happens. That's not. None of that is the way it happens. <laughs> Gilderoy Lockhart sees him and gets really excited because he thinks they're both famous and the same level. And Gilderoy Lockhart is glamorous. Yeah, he is. Very glamorous. All the ladies love him. It, it, I was trying to think, like, what would be the non-wizarding equivalent to something like this? Like, is he like a like a self-help, like guru kind of person? Is this like, like um, what, what's like the real-world equivalent to guilt? Well, he writes. I think his books are yeah, sort of yeah. analogous to travel logs. Is that what it is? Well, they're adventure stories. It's about how he defeats various dark creatures in different countries. So is he basically like? Is he like Anthony Bourdain or something? Is this like? I think I would say more like Anderson Cooper. Anderson Cooper? Okay. Mm. So like a, a an attractive kind of like gentleman who's like very smart and yeah. like sort the of ladies kind of dig him? I yeah. put it more like Indiana Jones because Indiana Jones was going out to defeat evil things. Indiana Jones is not a real person, Alice. Wait, mm. what? Really? <laughs> I know, yeah. I Damn! Know. The fictional character also. <laughs> you guys are just destroying everything. I'm sorry, I didn't yeah. mean to. But sure, Anderson Cooper, that's a good yeah, one. It, Silver Fox. But he's sort of like a journalist who goes out and has somewhat adventures. That's mm-hmm. I was trying to think. Like, like what, what I was trying to picture like what this would look like in the real world. But there you go. Yeah, well, so. He's got the adventure books, but he also has like housekeeping books, right? Well, I think they're, they're related. His, his, his deal, his shtick is like dealing with magical creatures. And I think that the housekeeping books are in that same thing. Oh, uh, right. Because Ms. Weasley looks at the book to figure out how to get rid of the uh, garden gnomes. Exactly. Yeah. It's like... Dealing with household pests, I think, is the title of the book, or something like okay. that. So yeah, he's like his his stick is he's good at dealing with magical creatures, which is you know, uh, I guess useful in the wizarding world. They have all kinds of things to deal with. And he's super pretty. Very pretty. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we've got a little showdown there between Mr. Malfoy and Mr. Weasley, and Mr. Malfoy's just being a huge jerk, and mm-hmm. he's like, yeah, he's just like you know, talking just... shit about. Mr. Weasley to his daughter. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And Mr. Weasley's like, talk shit, get hit. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's, that is what happens. Yeah. yeah. And then they have a wizard duel. Yeah. So, which is, you know, with fists this time, I guess. Yeah. So why is Arthur Weasley and his family so poor? Because he works for the government. He, he he's, a, he's a public servant, so they, they get paid very little. Yep. Can he, like, make money? Literally? I mean, can he make money with, with magic? I'm sure there's no, rules about that. I mean, like... Wizard currency is is like probably magic in and of itself. It would be my guess. Like it's probably magically controlled. But they can make food. That is true, right? So why do they need to make money? They can't make food, actually. They do it. Don't they conjure? They meals? can cook, but they can't conjure food out of nowhere. McGonagall she, does it in the next chapter. She brings it from somewhere else. Mm-hmm, okay. It appar- She apparates, but or whatever. But yeah, you can't just create it out of nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of. Gramps' five elemental laws of transfiguration, <laughs> which we find out at, in book seven, I think. Oh, got it. Good. Yeah. Good so keep that in mind. <laughs> See, I know these things. <laughs> yes, this is the information do. I have in my brain. <laughs> You're the Encyclopedia Brown. But anyway, so after a yeah, long they, day. They get in a fist fight. Yeah. Holy crap. I know. And uh, Hagrid comes and breaks him up, and neither of them go to jail. I'm still confused about the wizard police situation. I mean, should they have gone to jail? They threw a few punches, and then it was over. That's enough, right? That's assault. Who who started it? I guess. Well, uh, I, I think even something like that, someone has to press charges, right? Why wouldn't Lucius Malfoy press charges? He totally would, right? Yeah, probably. It's probably beneath him. I mean, he hates Arthur Weasley, right? Yeah. Yeah. But there's good. no wizard police, so you know. Yeah, right. Might makes right. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. So they go back to the burrow, and then chapter five, the Whomping Willow, with a picture of a car getting beat to shit by. What I'm assuming is a willow tree. This is, willow trees don't usually look like that, but you know, like that's a weeping willow, I suppose. This yeah. is a whomping willow. This is a whomping willow, yeah. yeah a whomping weeping willow? Oh, possibly. Yeah. It doesn't weep. Weeping willows weep. Yeah, whomping willows. You might willows want a whomping willow to weep, but no matter how much you want it to weep, it won't weep, it'll womp. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> that's so good. Yeah, so finally we, we, we come back and it's the end of summer and they're about to go back to Hogwarts. Yeah, uh, Miss Weasley like conjures up. So she conjures a sumptuous dinner. What does that mean? Does she bring it from somewhere else? Yes. 
Oh, okay. And, uh, yeah, they're just like having a, a slow morning. I, 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 okay, I, I, how big is a bacon sandwich? Yeah, because she says they each eat six of them, That's right? That's right. So it's, yeah. So it's like two slices of bread and like probably three slices of bacon. That's a very that's, British thing. I mean, a that's streaky bacon sandwich. 12 pieces of bread? Yeah. That seems like a lot bacon. for... I could eat it. Why do you think their family no is problem. so poor? Because <laughs> <laughs> they're eating kids, all this fucking bacon. These kids only eat six people's worth of meals every yeah. time. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> they probably grow their own pigs, right? I mean, they don't buy this stuff at the shop. You mean breed pigs? They probably like they Just sprinkle the pig seeds, seeds on the ground. <laughs> bacon seeds which grow into bacon plants. Oh gosh, I wish that was a thing. That'd be so good. That is. They do keep pigs. chickens for sure. We know they keep chickens because they talk about them a couple times. Yeah, so this this might be homegrown bacon. Yeah. Sure. Maybe it's like wizard bacon. I don't know. Maybe it's like horrible living bacon on bacon plants. We don't know what it's Please eat me. It's the only thing that will stop the pain. <laughs> <laughs> wizard bacon. Bacon sandwiches, though, I wish that was an, I wish that was something that had come over to America. When I was in England, um, a, the friend I was staying with was British, and she told me like you need to try a bacon sandwich, and I'd never had anything like that so before. So it's just bacon on bread. Yeah, but like really thick, streaky bacon. Oh, I yeah, that sounds good. That's what I had. It was delicious. How does it compare to a BLT? I don't know because I hate tomatoes. Oh. Yeah. I would have to do some research for this bacon sandwich business. Yeah, but I think that's pretty exclusively a British thing, like streaky bacon. We don't really do that. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah, they all pile into Mr. Weasley's super illegal wizard car. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, I also made the trunk bigger and uh-huh. all the seats. They talk about at one point where there's like five people sitting in the back seat comfortably. Yeah. He's like, damn. <laughs> no, this is so. This is so illegal. What? Why is even the purpose of this law? To. You know. Yeah, I know. Right? It's obvious. It's for the people who aren't in the government. I mean, is he <laughs> like selling dispensations on the side to you know give people if licenses were, to use this? Of if you were, you'd have not. more money. Yeah. I mean, he wouldn't be I so think, broke all the time. I okay. I'm starting to form a picture of Mr. Weasley, which is that he <laughs> has a lot of money. He just doesn't waste it on his family. <laughs> <laughs> He's got nice stuff. He's yeah. the only wizard we know that drives a car. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> right? Wow. That's a big house. It is a big house. Well, I mean, it wasn't. It didn't start big. They built onto it themselves, probably. Maybe he has a bunch of illegitimate children, so all of his money is going to support these secret families he has. He's mm. obviously very good at keeping secrets from his wife. That's true. Mm. She doesn't know anything about this wizard car. And of procreating. <laughs> He's really good at that, too. Yeah, yeah he makes a lot of kids. Yeah. He could be. Could be. <laughs> Bunch of redheads just running all over England. Every redhead that shows up in these books, I'm going to think that's Arthur Weasley's kid. (laughs) That's not a bad assumption. Uh, John Woosley, huh? Hmm, Interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, uh, but we run into some trouble because they're trying to get Harry and Ron are the last ones. Run into yeah, they're trying to get onto platform nine and three quarters after everybody else has gone through, and they can't, and so they miss the train. Yeah, they run right into the walls, just like a couple of muggles walking into a wall. Yeah. You know, if wizards just used regular platforms like the rest of us, this would not have been a problem, just throwing that out there. Mm-hmm. But they can. Apparently. But anyway, they do what any logical person would assume to do when they miss the train. They steal the parents' car again. Yeah, like right. this, is, this is funny. Like Ron is doing some like really like bizarre logical backflips to justify this. He's like... Well, there's this, uh, you know, what is it, uh, section nine of the restriction thingy says that we can drive this car. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. If it's an emergency or something, and this is, you know, missing our train is a serious emergency. <laughs> yeah. And begging the question, why did they not just wait for their parents to show back up? Because their parents have to go take the car home, right? Like, says, I know, I know he says they can just operate home. That's fine. They don't need to have the car, but I am assuming they would want to not leave it parked yeah. in downtown London. Yeah. They drop this off like it doesn't matter, but the... They can, their parents can apparate? They can teleport? Yes. It's can. faster even than the flu powder? Yes. yes. So why don't they? everybody do that all the time? They do. But you can't apparate inside of Hogwarts. It's a, it's a security thing. And, and security And under the age of 16, you're not allowed to apparate, just like driving a car. Why? Yeah. It's, it can know, be can't, dangerous. Why can't 15-year-olds drive cars? How can it be dangerous? You can do something called splinching, where part of you ends up somewhere and part of you doesn't. <laughs> so... Oh, you could do that in a car too. That's, true. That's why you can't drive drive a car if you're under sixteen. Yeah, <laughs> you could splinch. Yeah, but yeah, not not the best decision on their part. Nope. No, nope. especially since like they're driving above the clouds, so 
they're like getting terrible sunburns. They they don't realize that the sun is their true enemy. <laughs> That's right. Mankind's ancient enemy. Yeah. Especially with Ron, if he's a ginger, I'm assuming he burns really easily. Oh, yeah. yeah he's, definitely. he's a ginger living in England. He probably never sees the sun. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. They, they take the car and they fly away with it, which is kind of bad news. It's supposed to be invisible, but the invisibility thing doesn't work very well. Yeah. <laughs> the, the invisibility booster is faulty, apparently. Yeah, right. Um, and Ron knows how to drive the car, I guess. Yeah. Apparently. Though, when did he learn, I wonder? Yeah, right? He's 12. I mean, he's a country boy. We've established that he hasn't stolen this car before, right? Yeah, that's Fred and George's It's not like he drives a tractor. No. Yeah. Hmm. Well, he seems to be driving it all right. Not all adds up (laughs) in the Weasley house. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. It's true. There might be more going on here than I realized. (laughs) It seems like maybe this car is sentient as they're driving along. It seems like it's... Yes. (laughs) Interacting with them. And I feel like having a non-sentient car is like objectively better than having a sentient car. Isn't self-driving cars, isn't that exactly what we have been pushing for for years? Well, this is not a self-driving car. It's just a car (laughs) with opinions. Yeah. (laughs) That's true. Yeah, they finally make their way to the Hogwarts grounds. Uh, The car's failing, but they get there and then they're smacked. They're smashed. Yeah, they crash the car right into the Whomping Willow. I was wondering about this. So, like, they're driving and then the engine, like, the the car is, like, getting weaker and weaker and then the engine just dies. I was like, did they just drive their car to death? It's kind of dark. (laughs) We just found out it was alive. (laughs) (laughs) You killed me. But it turns out the car is okay. So, the thing Ron was doing, he was, like, punching the dashboard to make it keep going. Uh Uh-huh. That probably was actually hurting the car uh-huh. and was actually making it keep going. Uh-huh. I know. <laughs> it's like a, if this were a horse, he'd be like whipping it mercilessly to make it go. Mm-hmm. I know. But it doesn't end up well for Ron, though, because they crash, but also his wand is almost snapped in two. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Which is rough. Cause I, I, was, I wonder about this. So, so a wizard gets their wand when they're pretty young, right? Yeah. And is that the only wand they have throughout their life? They can get a new one. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, the wand that they pick is, like, very personalized, yes. right? So, like, I guess there's a, there must be more than one wand per wizard in that case, right? Why? Because if your wand gets broken, you have to get a new one. Sure. So you need more than one wand per person. Well, I think it's like, it's like, you know, like, people you love. There's no one true love for every person. There's just different people that you would do best with, and they all bring different things and have different strengths. So I think this idea of fitting the wand to a person is pure marketing gimmick. Uh, oh, it's just the be. guy in the shop. Yeah, I think we talked about this, I've yeah, got, yeah, I've got this forty dollar wand here or this two thousand dollar wand. Oh the two thousand dollar wand wand that works. Yeah, that one fits you perfectly. Yeah, yeah two thousand dollar wand really likes you. Yeah, <laughs> it shoots off stars. Oh, Ron, you broke your wand? Don't worry. Oh, what? you know, oh, oh, what's this? Oh, that wasn't your wand after all. This wand is your wand. I'm getting a sense of this other one. Yeah. But poor Ron, because that wand was already a hand-me-down, and now it's almost destroyed. And Yeah, I'm sure yeah. that they don't have the money to buy a new wand. Yeah. Poor Ron. That sucks. But, but they, yeah, the yeah, car's this, the, mad at This him. tree is scary. It is. It's just a tree that smacks you to death if you get close to it. Yeah, it's yeah. just trying to beat the shit out it of it. It whomps you. And it apparently whomps you hard enough to like dent a car. So no, who knows what it would do if it actually got a hold of you. This yeah. is like a horror movie. Yeah, yeah it is super it's creepy. It's a murder tree. And mm-hmm. anyway, the car is just like fucking them out. and it. Yeah, the car saves them. Yeah, it ejects their suitcases out at them and then just gets out. Beelines to the forest. Yeah, it makes a beeline. Mm-hmm. Can't blame it. It's had a rough ride. It yeah. Gets... So is it going to go live in the wild with the other cars? Maybe. We don't know what's going to do. It's going to do whatever it wants. <laughs> it's its own car now. Yeah. <laughs> Freedom. The, the Whomping Willow smashed its control chip. <laughs> right. Set it free. Really yeah. Easy. Uh, now I can learn to love. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to find another car out there and just. Right. Oh, Ooga. Ooga. It's just a normal car. She doesn't talk much. She doesn't mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but they make their way up to the castle and of course immediately as they're into, talking shit as they're talking shit about him they run into Professor Snape yep. yeah literally they're like I hope Snape got sick yeah <laughs> I hope he got fired and he's like nope not fired right behind you yep <laughs> you guys are so fucked mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so do you think Snape is the one trying to prevent Harry from coming back to school maybe because, uh, I mean, do teachers make a lot of money? Because, like, you're supposed to be wealthy if you have a house elf. 
Uh, oh, that's a good point. Yeah. I don't know what's up with Snape. I mean, I assume teachers in the wizarding world make just as much money as teachers in the real world, so he's probably pretty broke. Well, these are private school teachers. They private usually don't school make, pe- they make Yeah, worse. they usually make less than yeah, public school they teachers. Do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Generally. Pretty much always. Yeah. Really? Even at, like, Eaton? I assume they make lots of money there. I mean... Yeah, maybe at the really, like, fancy, prestigious schools. Mm -hmm. And it does come with free room and board. Yeah, that's true. So they can save their money, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, McGonagall must have had that money from somewhere to buy Harry that Nimbus 2000. That is true. Yeah. But, yeah, Snape drags them to the office and brings in Professor McGonagall to punish them. Yeah, they they try and hide the fact that Mr. Weasley is the one with the car because if anyone found out that he was frequently breaking the law, he might get fired. Right. <laughs> yeah. And Dumbledore shows up and he does the, the I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed thing, which yeah. of course just like crushes their souls. Yeah, he executes it perfectly. Yeah. Uh, really? Is that your takeaway from it? My takeaway is they're like, good. We had our friend in high places covered for us. We got away with it. No. Hooray for us. No, Harry's definitely not happy about Hooray it. Hooray for yeah. crime. Dumbled, uh... I felt bad for Snape. Snape is right. <laughs> they did something really bad. They stole a car. Well, he did the right thing. The head of the house and the headmaster should be the ones who determined the punishment. Yeah, but like this is, this is the kind of punishment that would get you kicked out, right? But they didn't just because their headmaster likes them. Yeah, pretty much. And yeah. because the the... Guy who's in charge of the school likes him. Mm-hmm. I suppose so. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> they did get seen by a bunch of muggles, which is pretty, like... Which yeah, is that was a huge no-no. A big problem, right? This is a major crime, even if you're a grown-up wizard? Yeah. No, I totally agree. They they got off real easy there. Yeah. Yeah. All things considered, they got off pretty easy. And they, did. they get a hero's welcome. They do, yes. All the Gryffindors are like, fuck yeah, dude. Yet another case of Harry Potter breaking the rules and being rewarded for it. Sure. I mean, to be fair, I guess you could say, though, that Ron was the one that ganked the car. That's true. Twice. That is true. (laughs) That's true. Yeah, so Ron's brothers know how to break and enter. Uh Uh-huh. And Ron knows how to steal a car. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What is going on with these Weasleys? This, you're right. This family is getting more and more suspicious. <laughs> right. And, and right. the dad is like this government official who's like super, super... Yeah, right. Broken. Deliberately writing laws with loopholes that he can exploit. Yeah, mm-hmm. the Weasley crime syndicate, man. Yeah. I mean, right? Yeah. You might be on to something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, heroes welcome in Gryffindor, and that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. Because that, that makes sense. These kids would all be like, yeah, you crashed that car. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> that's awesome. I would have I would have given them a high five for that in a yeah. powered kid. Yeah, but most important thing is Ron stole a car because he was worried about his friend. That's right. Yeah, yeah that's why he did it in the first place. That's friendship is magic. Did he? Sure. Yeah, well, he borrowed the car from his dad. Yeah, he was late, too. Because he was worried oh, about no, his friend. the first time. The first time he stole the oh, car. Oh, the first time, right. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was worried about Harry. Mm, yeah. The power of friendship. That's right. Beats <laughs> car locks. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. I like that. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Next time, we're going to be reading chapters 6 through 10 of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. I'm Alice Sullivan. That's at Alice M. Sullivan on Twitter. I'm Jeff Lake. That's Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. I'm Mike Sparkman. I don't have one of those. <laughs> uh, if you want to get in touch with us, drop us a line at hello at mwapodcast.com. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, check us out and give us good reviews on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you got this. Um, give us good reviews and like us in real life. We're super likable. <laughs> Until next time, Finite, Finite Podcast. Podcast.